What's up, everybody? All our friends and family and whoever else, maybe first-time listeners, this is uh, Rooted in Revelation, where we seek to make God's revelation our foundation in all of life. And uh, with me, Nick and Dallas haven't, or not able to make it today, but uh, we do have Sam with us. What's up, Sam? Hey, Nate. How's it going? Good. And we have a special guest to talk some Tom Cruise stuff. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll define that a little more later going into it, but, uh, we got with us Heath. How you doing, Heath? Great. Great to be with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, brother. And then hopefully two listeners, uh, there's another fella, Jake, he may be joining in a little late. Um, and, uh, when he does, we'll definitely make sure he says hi, hi as well. But, um, so yeah, Heath, who are you, man? And, um, how did the Lord rescue you and, bring you to where you are and what's your current stead looking like yeah uh so yeah we i think we've officially met through our podcasts and uh jake uh my one of our partners on our podcast channel which is a show it's x garage uh kind of reached out uh, you guys connected and uh so that's just kind of our background is we also do podcasts and we also are about uh uh examining worldviews from the Christian worldview and expressing where they are creating another gospel where that is other world religions are uh, falsifying uh, good news. And so that, that's really what our channel was about. And, and uh, so we'll talk a little bit about Tom Cruise and Scientology today, because that was one of our first series that we did. And it's just a fun one to talk about and, and share the gospel with the, uh, or as a basis to share the gospel uh myself yeah I, i'm i'm actually studying at the university of aberdeen in scotland right now i'm, I'm also I'm from washington state but i'm over studying in systematic theology uh particularly looking at soteriology uh and uh looking at the fall and restoration and explaining it in terms of intercommunicative uh, ontology rather than substantial or privation accidents ontology that's my, my piece here I can't I don't know I haven't talked to my supervisor to know how much I could share at this point because I'm still in my first year so but yeah that, that's a little bit bit about me oh and and how I came to know the Lord uh, that was just a life process <laughs> um, I had a probably I'd say about around 18 years 20 years old or something were in there i had one of those solomon moments where i realized everything i was pursuing was fleeting and i was just in the moment crushed to realize that christ was my only means of atonement and forgiveness and that rocked me and got me into a journey of study and learning more and uh, and, uh yeah yeah that's really great i appreciate you sharing that yeah yeah it, it's amazing i think I've been thinking a lot about this recently. Sometimes, you know, we can get into, this is kind of like super random, but I'm just going to say it because I want to, but like <laughs> you could get into these like big kind of, you know, I know on discord and some servers where, you know, you just kind of go back and forth with different atheists and stuff. And a lot of times, even with some of the Christian guys I run into, I'm just like, there's almost a sense by which I think there could be some good arguments made in, in like a more existential understanding of, uh, arguments for God as well, because it's like we're all created to worship and we're all worshiping something, right? And we're all uh, connected and um, looking for things for identity and purpose. 
Um, I know that sounds real Rick Warren of me to say, but I don't mean it <laughs> that sense. But like, it right, just right. seems like there could be, um, like, so we get to the, I think we get to the root intellectually with a lot of people. And I'm, I've been thinking, how did we get to the root uh, in, in people's desires and affections as well connected with mm. that? And I think there should be some, I'm sure maybe there's stuff out there that deals more with that, but I haven't found it. But I thought, yeah, I just think, because a lot of times, a lot of our stories where a lot of us aren't necessarily always converted by argumentation or, or intellectual rigor, some people, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's just like, yeah, same with me, uh, Heath. It was just like, and I know Sam probably as well, like, it's just like, you come to the end of yourself and realize like everything you're trying to find life in is just, it's vanity. Yeah. And it's just like, a, it's, a, it's like sand that you just sink and sink and sink no matter which way you go. And, um, and so like an emotional struggle as well, where you're trying to find some kind of gospel in life, but it all fails and shows itself unworthy to be trusted um, and have certainty. And it kind of goes back to that whole, you know, autonomous and, and skepticism and, and, and living in a worldview like that. It just, you're lost and you're trying to find meaning of it and just, you can't. Um, but yeah, that was just a random random don't even know why i said that but just you bringing up that idea really kind of yeah. just reaffirmed some things in my brain i've been thinking about recently um yeah 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 amen to that Paul. I mean, that's that's right um it's interesting that our existential our struggles and uh as we comport our lives that they it's always intellectual at the same time and yet oftentimes people were looked at that we're always uh thinking creatures and and so it's it's often not a, 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 a putting one against the other. It's just uh, realizing that everything's wrapped up in our our being. We're always, uh, I mean, we come to the end of ourselves by thinking <laughs> as we've experienced our, our lives and pursuing those things that we found to be fleeting. And yeah. in Christ, his word shows up as that word that does not flee or, 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 or uh, falsify or fall short. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so well, mission impossible, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Tom Cruise because we we were talking, you know, X garage. One thing we did, one of our first, I think it was our first series that we did was on uh, Scientology. We thought, okay, if we're going to, we're going to start a podcast. We we better, we better do something that is going to maybe just be something that people uh, are curious about. And we, I, I've always wanted to get more into it. The most I had really read on it was Kingdom of the Cult with Dr. Walter Martin. And uh, and it just fascinated me. And, and so we said, okay, let's do it. So I ended up buying the uh, Dianetics, uh, his his book. It's, uh, as Jake says, it's it's girthy. It's, it's probably 600 pages. I don't know. But wow. I, we went ahead and uh, I read through the whole stinking thing just to say I did. <laughs> um, it was... Uh, his font's fairly large, though I'd say, compared to some of the theology books we all have to read, it it was probably more like a three hundred page read. Uh, but getting into it, you realize just it was literally a it it is a a, a religious uh, uh, oh Jake's here religious faith it's, it's it's a faith system. Welcome, so sorry, guys. Hello. Hello. Hey, man, how's it going? Oh, I was muted that whole time. <laughs> okay, wow. there we go. 
Yeah, I was like, why is everyone looking at me weird? But then I looked down and saw the red thing over my mute. And I was like, oh. But I was just saying, what's up, Jake? Welcome in. And um, we're just talking a little Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Uh, Love starting it. Yeah. Off. So, so let me just get to that point real quick, and then we can get back to Jake here. Because yeah. I actually, if I don't do it, I started going on a rabbit trail, and Jake's going to like where I take this. I'm going to get straight to the point. So Tom Cruise. <laughs> Uh, Mission Impossible. Actually, let's go straight to Oprah Winfrey jumping on the couch scene. I think we do. Do you guys recall that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So one thing is, I was, re- we, we, I was reading that girthy book, um, Dianetics, um, and I t- noted that one of those uh, uh, ways of exemplifying your spirituality was through heightened energy, of course, charisma, as we see oftentimes even uh, some Christian groups uh getting into this idea of energy as some way of showing or modeling christ likeness which of course is not rooted uh, scripturally can't be established but but scientology actually one of the 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 main um parts of their system is that as you are go through dianetic therapy and you release these they're called engrams and the stored information, it also releases energy into your body that was, that was, uh, or energy into your soul. And that then imports, it, 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 it affects your movement as a bodily creature. Um, or let me, yeah. So Tom basically was clear. He was what they would call clear or near that. I don't know if he actually was deemed a clear at that point. But uh, and that's why he was jumping around on the couch and exuding energy is because that was actually foundational to his belief system um, to to really model a life that's actually been read, quote unquote, saved from uh, aberrations and poor thinking and, and these things that weigh down the spirit in us, kind of using Eastern um, uh, uh, ways of uh, Hinduistic and uh, uh, was that would that be um more buddhistic ways of thought yeah and so tom had released all his energy and so he had all this great uh wealth of energy to display on that show which was just the outworking of scientology and their their inner way of thinking Mm. so it wasn't just a random jumping around it's not something it literally displays the truth of that we talk about within uh, theology all the time is that belief always plays in your practice that's not those don't separate yeah very good very good yeah i mean is it true tom cruise is like tiny and has to wear like like shoes that make him look taller or something like that is that true i think it's all camera tricks isn't it is it yeah (laughs) i don't know someone told me yeah that's mad short that's what i use i got certain cameras in this room so i i look a certain stature and form next yeah. to your guys' screens yeah, yeah. <laughs> ethan's trying to make himself look smaller to make us feel a little better about ourselves because he's massive <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's great yeah yeah uh well thanks for that he uh, well since jake is in here jake if you just wanted to say um what's up to everybody and a little bit about yourself and uh how the lord rescued you real quick and a brief yeah. file yeah super sorry about being late guys uh Totally my bad. Um, yeah, okay. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's all right. Yeah, normally I wake up at four or five. And uh, for whatever reason, yesterday just was not, was not happening. 
Um, anyway, my name is Jake. Um, is it my, my name and how I was saved? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, just gr- grew up in a Christian household. Um, I, I knew I grew up in the faith and um, just kind of steadily took it more seriously as I got older. And uh, I remember saying the prayer when I was six, but I, I know that I was already at that point I was I was already in belief and, and believing it and um so yeah that's the best I got <laughs> good stuff yeah um no I appreciate you saying I, I I mean really I don't I don't even really know when the Lord saved me what matters is uh not so much a date as it uh matters just knowing that you believe it right now right so Heck yeah. <laughs> that's what matters but yeah, so so thanks for that, Jake. Uh, Sam, you got anything to say so far? No, yeah, no, I'm just All sitting right, back cool. to the, the Tom Cruise stories. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so I guess we'll kind of dive into like just what what is Scientology as a worldview and and where did it come from and stuff. What's the origins of it? Yeah, uh, J- Jake, do you want to share? You want me to start off with that? Sure, I'll share a little bit because yeah. unless I share first. Uh, I'll have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, essentially, it's it's uh, the, the 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 crazy wild stories of of L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, it, it part of it depends on how much you want to take uh, of of his life being real. But his story um, was that he he was a fiction writer, which is true. I mean, he wrote lots of fictions. Uh, pumped out lots and lots of books. Um, and then he kind of started spinning these stories about him traveling the world, meeting a bunch of different uh, gurus. You know, what's funny is uh, his his fake story reminds me of the real story uh, of, uh, what's her name? Madame uh, Blavat? Blavatsky, yeah. Blavatsky? Um, she, you know, yeah, she she actually did travel the world, <laughs> but there there's there's some record indications that uh he's he's probably lying about a lot of this stuff, um, but he claims he claims to have traveled from like India to to uh, China, studied Buddhism, um, studied different religions under different uh, you know high level spiritual mentors and stuff like that. Um, and so, but I think even more important to his system than that is he kind of claims there is this, um, scientific systematic way he discovers all this stuff. So it's, it's readily available to anyone, so to speak, but since he is the highest level, like so far surpassing anybody else in this system that he is the only one that's able to uncover, um, the the deepest treasures of Scientology, so it it's not really scientific, but that that is the way that he goes about explaining it. Yeah, um, it's fascinating. Yeah, he, he he basically is saying you know over the years various uh, um, he he tends to focus more on this the, the fields of various scientific fields. Um, so like he he'll um, talk about uh, uh, physiology and 
maybe evolution or, or different 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 uh, fields where he just takes whatever data he wants and he are and, and he applies it how he wants and he he basically just argues that oh, all this wealth of knowledge has been around it's not just me so he's kind of got this real rhetorical style of I think bringing people along with him because he, he does sound really reasonable. He's saying, you know, of course we've came across evolution, and, you know, that's part of this, and uh, you know that's true. And then, but then he just argues that he was the one that was able to systematize and put together all the data into a true uh, uh, way of understanding life. And so he even takes he's not afraid to say, you know, he takes stuff uh, from uh hindu buddhistic ways of thought he even uh, would uh, say like jake mentioned like he traveled the world and experienced all these different places and so so it really comes down to it, he's saying even in their in terms of their revelation and what they believe and how do you know what you know um they basically say it's all empirical uh but it's not really all empirical it's basically hubbard taking data in trying to make sense of it to bring about model, a way in which he sees the world. And so really Dianetics, the book is, is the foundational book of Scientology and its system today is, is basically his creative way of looking at life. And, 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 and but those who are higher members in, in Scientology do have the uh, ability to add and change things so long as the foundations of which Hubbard has established don't change, uh, which is fascinating, you know. Uh, here's a quote actually, uh, man has known many portions of Dianetics in the past thousands of years, but the data was not evaluated for importance, was not organized into a body of precise knowledge. In addition to things known, if not evaluated, Dianetics includes a large number of new discoveries of its own uh, about thought and the mind, which which goes back to the definition of Scientology, which he 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 again created the word. Uh, he took a Latin uh, verb to know, and then he combined that with the Greek Greek word, uh, you know, uh, for just this. Basically, it was the study of knowledge is what he he, he did with it. I think where's that at? Um, I have some notes here. Make sure I got the right. Uh, yeah. The study of knowledge, he just basically taking, yeah, logos from the Greek and then applying a, a skio uh, from Latin, you, you, the Latin, Sam, was that? Skio, yeah, skio, skio, right. yeah, I was going to ask yeah. about that kind of cross-linguistic etymology because it seems rather odd. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's a fascinating, that just shows his, his fascinating mind. I mean, just what's he doing? <laughs> right. And just real quick, um, does the term so the ter does the term Dianetics as well go back to him? And what what's the just while we're talking etymology? Is that like Dia Noeto or something? Or you know, I think it's somewhere in our notes, but I don't, I, I can't recall. I I would not be surprised. <laughs> what do you recall, Jake? Try to look it up right now. All Google is saying okay. is um, okay. its origin in, in the just the Greek. It's just uh, through. I don't I don't speak Greek, so forgive me. It's just dianoetikos, which is just relating to thought. Yeah, so through thought, that's what it was. 
Um, and that's I think, uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, another one of his creations, I'm almost certain, but, uh, I just don't have a citation to say it with certainty. Uh, the, uh, but what's funny is on Scientology.org. So they explained it as their definition was the study of handling, but the study of and handling of the spirit in relation to itself, universes, and other life. Uh, so that's on their site. Uh, so, so really what's fascinating, maybe this is go into uh, another topic really, but there, as we, we had that book we put out with our notes, uh, X Garage Notes, and it, in a systematic fashion, it goes through it in the theology proper section. It really talks about how, how they're actually, they're, they equate that life in us that tom cruise life that came out on the couch uh with divinity so hmm. th they're definitely okay eastern in that sense right yeah yeah and so when it talks about this this um handling of the spirit and, and studying of the spirit or the mind the mind and spirit for them is divinity and it is this power that we all have and it, and we uh ultimately want to escape the uh, go on to the next evolutionary level, which is where Ron Hubbard is now. So it's it's a real it's a real system. Yeah. By the way, our book is available on Amazon. Ooh. Oh, it's, a, <laughs> it's like a legit book. Yeah, it, it's it's a collection of notes, but it it is a legit. Oh, that's great! I'll have to pick that up. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think the the thing that's helpful about it is just because it cites throughout all of. Uh, um, Dianetics in those important spots. So if someone mm -hmm. wanted to get those key citations and where to go into Dianetics and I have to read through the whole thing, this little book has pretty much all those key spots cited. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I oh, sorry, go ahead. No, Nate. you're good. You're good. No, I was just going to say, I, I love, um, from what little I know of popular accounts of Scientology, they seem to focus more on the kind of like human aspect. So I love that you guys tackle it as a worldview and are just like, here's its text. We're going to dive in and just like exposit what these guys actually think, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, that's, that's kind of our overarching goal for what we do at X Garage. We're, mm. Because a lot of cults don't do, um, their, their primary goal isn't to systematize what they believe. Right. So it's it, it it is kind of a vague task task to a degree, but luckily there are some groups like Scientology that lay out to a degree what they think. So I mean, if if they if they give us their own uh, particular vocabulary for those distinctions, we'll try to use those. But um, figure normally the the categories within a systematic theology are are efficient for describing what other groups believe as well, even if sure. they aren't like the the ways that they think about themselves. Um, but it, it does help for a grid to kind of push them through to help understand. Right. No, yeah, that I think that's great. That's super helpful. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the fact that you guys did that is so unique and pretty awesome to my brain. So um, I appreciate you guys doing that because, yeah, there's like this, uh, I realize there's this like dynamic where there's like kind of like the academic scholarly world, right? Where like you have your role hefty, people talking about all the big things and then you have like kind of this more intermediate kind of youtube popularity kind of stuff that not many people like talk about or deal with but everyone's wondering about it and i just appreciate you guys kind of come in and fill that gap a little bit you know um 
So hmm. a lot of times I say I, I kind of like the the middle ground uh, guys like yourselves. I'm not saying you'll be there forever. Maybe you'll be up there. I know Heath probably <laughs> talking about his education and whatnot, living out there in the big UK. Um, but yeah, I just appreciate people because there's a lot of things that most, the, I think things that mostly influence people are going to be television nowadays and YouTube and Facebook and what you get on there. And, uh, you know, as Christian apologists, I think it's good that we kind of meet people and them, them ways and offering the Christian worldview in response to a lot of these other kind of perspectives and whatnot. So uh, yeah, it's super cool. You guys did that. It was all Heath, man. He did a good job. Well, I, I just thought, well, I mean, we, I think we all had the idea at Extraj, we were, uh, we all thought in a systematic way and, and knowing that every worldview if it's a worldview, it is systematic. We think in this, we think in certain ways. We think with, we have we have premises and we have conclusions. Our even our actions are, our actions are that way. We I I um the the we can't yeah you can't get away from it. And so I thought even at some point we're going to do atheism and we're going to categorize it by the revelation theology proper, uh, you know what uh, anthropology soteriology they do have a, a view of salvation which is basically humanism or whatever maybe it's fatalism but it just depending on what uh atheists we're looking at but oh, branch. um yeah <laughs> yeah 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 what branch so anyhow so it is fun to think of it that man. way i think that, that was atheism that really has more us. denominations than than protestantism man it's pretty valid <laughs> yeah sorry yeah well if, if, yeah it would fit a, a, a darwinian perspective each each individual has its own uh, unique um, genetic chain, so they have their only unique way of thinking. So maybe that's that's it goes down to a splintering to each individual. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's it was fun. It's fun to to do this. And then, like Jake mentioned, it's also hard at times because you have groups like right now we're doing uh, Rastafarianism, where they don't have a whole lot of anything real. Uh, concrete that they actually say uh, you, in, in with unanimity. And yeah, I think the most substantive beliefs they have is that Africa is important and weed is awesome. Yeah. That, that's as consistent <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> well, there you go. Weed salvation and Africa's the promised land. That's right. Basically. Yeah, it was it was convincing. It was convincing stuff. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So it, it is also. So I think it is. It does provide helpful. Uh, hopefully, at the end of the day, with, with the way we're doing our podcast, like you said, kind of bringing in that middle ground where it gives substantial materials. But and also we're thinking about writing stuff in ways that everyone can understand it. It's not just an academic. Uh, it's definitely academic, but it's not in such a way that if someone reads it, they're going to I can't, I have to go look up every other term. It's not like that. So a lot of what we put out is for everyone. It is for even Scientology, that book, we, we hope that a science, someone who's involved in Scientology would read it. And actually, as they look through the way we systematized it, they can't really argue with the, the basic uh, parts of what we're, we're expressing about their faith. Um, and practice that those are what it, what it is and they have to deal with that. Um, I, I find it really strange that uh, it, it's sad. I think it's part of being an atom is that we don't actually deal with our worldviews. We just kind of live in them 
and don't want to have to confront them because when we do is when we see our flaws in them and it actually brings us back to the person of Christ. Um, and, and I find that all these, these cults and these other worldviews that you just don't have people really trying to engage their own thought process in the ways in which we've seen um, theologians do throughout history. I mean, even before the systematicians of uh, you know, coming out of the Reformation onward, uh, even before that, you got the early church fathers. They're, they were deeply engaged in their belief and their thought. And um, anyhow, I just, I, I just find that's a really a beautiful thing about the Christian knowing, knowing the Lord in Christ is that uh, we actually understand that it's his truth that conforms us and changes us. And so we draw ourselves into this sharpening iron, into conversations like this, where I, I don't know if um, that could be said well. I mean, Islam, maybe uh, Hinduism, definitely they have a lot of thinkers, but, uh, but that, that'd be something else to look at in terms of how they go about their uh, systematics. And I don't know, I don't know enough about them. Uh, Islam definitely, but most of the uh, the the religious groups that are, are more systematic uh, tend to be uh, offshoots of Christianity to one degree or another, like Islam. Mm-hmm. Well, Hinduism may be an exception to that. And maybe maybe that you know, thinking out loud, think about it, those are the word centric type faiths. So like Mormonism mm-hmm. is another one that would be very much into to declaring propositions and. And so I have to rethink that a little bit, but I, I do think um, uh, obviously those would be faulty grounds in which they've they've uh, come under an angel. I gave them revelation for another gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but they they get their tradition and type of thinking from Christianity. So that that makes sense. Same with same with JW. Yeah. Right. Right. So kind of a yeah. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like you guys could bust out like a 40-volume set on a systematic theology of every religion in the world and cult. That's the goal, man. Yeah. 40 volumes. 40. Just <laughs> my shelves are just systematic theologies of everything you guys wrote. Be the holy writ, you know. We'll start a new religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So on that topic, um, while we're talking JWs and, and Mormonism, um, that might just be a good opportunity to get this in. What, what's your guys' um, kind of working definition of a cult? How do you um, distinguish that from an established non-Christian religion? Is it just novelty or is, it, is there a more kind of um, uh, substantive or like, yeah, substantive way of defining that? Um, I'll, just, I'll just start by saying, I, I mean, in general, it's, I mean, I, I think co- colloquially we can use it as a, a as a religion that denies Christ as Lord. Um, and there are cultic practices of some Christian groups where they deny things like sola scriptura and, and so forth. But I think most most of them we're talking about groups that are not Christian um, in the way that we use it. Yeah, and I think on, uh, kind of how I personally would, would want to unpack that is couple things I want to look at is one is in terms of a Christian cult is are they arguing that they are presenting the true gospel and that the Christian faith has has come up to us today in Catholicism uh, uh, 
Protestantism and Eastern Orthodox, some, something outside of those binding creeds between the three, if, if they're saying that they have the gospel while rejecting those those certain creeds, and that's on a general level. Now, it's, it's a, someone could argue even tighter and say, actually, the, the real essence of Christendom has come up to us in the particular reform creeds. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I would stick with um, the, the things like with um, uh, Chalcedon and, and um, things on the person of Christ, the nature of God, triune, et cetera, that these things, now, if you got someone coming in and saying, no, no, this is not true, it's this, I would, I would we would, I think Jake and I and all of us would, would say, oh, that's a Christian cult in, the, in its true sense. But with that, I'd say, uh, I think another thing that I kind of see common and maybe, and maybe a, a, a more high form of cultic, how I define a, a cult would be it's ideology based. So it's not allowing its internal it's, it's theology actually breeds the inability for its uh, body to think freely, to think uh, as a free creature in, in, in terms of their own subjective ability, just to, to share their own thoughts on even an important essential doctrine, which is the freedom we have in Christ. Maybe this is another point that Islam does not have, you know, where we actually can go at it and and again, I'm not a Islam scholar of any sort, and that's why I, I, I would hopefully, I hope to get we get into that more later. But, but I'd say this idea that when you can't um, uh, approach an elder or a leader in a way that would uh, uh, respectfully either disagree or or struggle, allow them to know your struggles and whatnot without being excommunicated for those simple things, rather. Uh, so, so I think, think what I'm, I'm thinking of, and I'll say this, and I'll stop. I'm kind of long-winded sometimes, all the time, probably, um, is that with Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they do have that uh, ideological excommunication type uh, way about them. As when we when we study and we saw that very really deeply, uh, to think otherwise is really to be ostracized. I mean, just to be done away with. I think that's that to me is another big part of it is and so yeah but no i guess i'm not done one more thing is that on a broader scale i think the, going back to the biblical revelation that we were created uh you know adam and then from there the fall and the distortion of of truth uh is the so so in that sense that all the, the nations have been formed as a wandering away from God and his word. But in that sense, I, I would argue that there, there really is a cult, cultic behavior in, in, in the, if we have a right understanding of sin, that that is a part of our fundamental brokenness is this cultic behavior that would shut God out and create its own system of thought and way of life. That's a broader way. I think that's fundamentally the, the heart of it. We've rejected God. And, and and so anyone who's not really receiving Christ as word is 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 properly the essence of a cult. <laughs> and they and they don't want to hear. We don't apart from the spirit. You know, we don't want to hear God's word as it is. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, amazing how the aim for human autonomy is is the thing because often a lot of these cults are aiming for something that gives them more 
uh, autonomous reason to one degree or another. I think that's part of the appeal of, of Scientology is it sounds like it, it gives you more power. Um, it, it sounds like it gives you more um, reasoning capabilities within yourself and it ends up trapping you. And it makes it makes you, you know, if there's like, like, like you said, Heath, there's freedom in Christ. And even, even if cults promise this, this liberty of thought, it ends up binding you. Um, just to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think gospel is the only one. Only, only. Uh, you know, it's a, when when you're saved by grace as the basis. No other world religion has that, and it's on that basis that the true, a true faithful church has the ability to keep that freedom. Is that the, that basis of grace is salvation, and and then, uh, yeah, totally, totally with you. And I think it's goes with back to the idea that's just. Uh, other world religions can promise all kinds of things. Scientology, I think that is the reason why it is such, it blew up so much, is it promised so much. It's kind of, I hope it's withered. I haven't looked at their numbers over the years, but I, I'd say it really blew up because it was came out during a time where people were really getting into psychology and Hubbard came out with a new way of looking at life that would free you of all your pain and promised all kinds of things, promised real free thinking. And yet, once you get into it, you find out that the individuals who are deeply into it are, are not free thinkers. They can't think for themselves. I mean, this is, I think there's documentaries on that side of it. But as you come into it, they say, oh, we're all about scientific reasoning and thinking and, and uh, really exemplifying your own, your own being as a spiritual being. But no, you, you realize it's a very indoctrinating, isolating, uh, and manipulative uh, group. And that goes back to its theology. Yeah, that's kind of going on the bunny trail. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting to me how um, uh, it's kind of like a lot of these offshoots and cults and things, or even atheism, agnosticism, just whatever isn't, I'll just say whatever isn't the Christian worldview. There's always a sense of like, oh, um, there's some liberty on the other side of it or some kind of liberation to free thinking and to reasoning and you're not held in bondage to christian orthodoxy and doctrine and so you actually are going to be more liberated you'll be a more humble person you'll be a smarter person because you'll be able to think outside the box what was interesting as soon as you leave that context and that worldview you actually end up building your own little box that you fall into that you can't escape um, except the christian one isn't really actually a box it's just because people prefer their futility of mind more so than the word of God, you know? Hmm. Amen. Yeah. So what are some of the, I guess, the kind of like, so we kind of like, what, what, what exactly um, would you say Scientology is like, kind of like, so I had a friend that went through a drug and alcohol rehab and it was like a Scientology drug and alcohol rehab. Um, and he told me some of the weird things or something, or at least they used principles of that nature in the place. Um, and it was just, see, I can't remember all the stories off the top of my head, but they made them do like super strange things. Like, like just a kind of ritualistic stuff where you'd have to like, like, you know, repeat to yourself that, um, you don't have issues like a hundred times or something, just like a, weird things to kind of like 
trick yourself into believing things that weren't true, but you're kind of push kind of like, you know, the secret, that book, like ask, believe, receive, like that kind of mm-hmm. philosophy, um, the law of attraction, even like that kind of stuff, like where they would just be like, yeah, I just, you know, I just don't have a drug issue. I don't have a drug issue. And they just like be told to say it, to keep saying it all day, every day. I don't have a drug issue. to like retrain their brain that they're really not a drug addict and stuff. Just what's your thoughts on some of the practices and, and how that stuff plays out more so? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the cans. Right, Heath? Yes. So I'm trying. I'm trying to remember exactly what the the exact mode of those things were, but it was it was basically what you're talking about. This way that you kind of overcome yourself, and there's two people in a room, and it sounds like a very abrasive uh, sort of setup. Um, do you remember what the particulars of that was, Heath? Um, the 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 cans. I'm not. Don't recall, but I I didn't get into their tools. Their in terms of their science. Their their uh, uh, procedural tools or whatever, however you'd want to call those. Uh, but I, in terms of the, the thought behind all that, yeah, that was used along with the, the little meter machine, I think, as well, where... Yep, it's basically it would, a lie detector called the and so, Yeah, and so what would go on is in that time, in those sessions, uh, the idea of recalling something over and over again that you would notice that your stimulate the way you the thought stimulates your emotions in your inner life would start to go down and as soon as it could show that it was no longer uh frightening you or causing some type of un um irrational right. behavior then your your claim to have been released of that or thought or energy and you're now able to to even upon hearing that of that experience you're able to analytically you're okay now because you're you're not you're not moved in a wrong way so it almost it, it, it's basically um the idea is that they call it a reactive mind uh and it records there's this mind in our minds that records all our painful experiences when we're uh, all the time really but it really does it when we're unconscious or maybe we've been using drugs or something that has got you into a state where you're not really and, being and all the uh, and, and not just our minds too but also also the what is it called the thetons that inhibit our body yes oh gosh yeah uh, so so um what happens is so you have your analytical mind which is your reasoning and then you got your 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 reactive mind which is this mind that's always going on even when you're unconscious and it's taking in information. And then what will happen is when, uh, it, whatever the reactive mind wants, it, it will respond to information and send it into your brain. And that is what charges up bad behavior. And part of it is genetics that they'd actually go into this idea, like Jake mentioned with genetics, where thetons, um, these little divine energy sources or beings are in your body from past generations again that idea of evolutionary uh, processes and so you're, you're affected on all levels and and the goal of the process is by repeating things uh you're you're uh they wouldn't use the word in reality you're just being desensitized and calloused and you're not actually dealing with the problems and i think that's one of the saddest and and uh parts of the system is you, you got a, a lot of people walking around that are not healed by a genuine gospel and truth that reconciles their past hurts in, in relationships but you're you're actually healed quote unquote healed not truly 
by just burying the this the the issues and and just being so mind-numbed to them that you instead of entering into that life of reconciliation you're just kind of walking around carrying all these burdens but they no longer affect you emotionally which i think is a really interesting condition i mean uh, depressing really yeah uh, there was this um there's a story of uh, i think it might have even been in dianetics but it just struck me as just like being so sad <laughs> Um, but they, they give the story of, uh, imagine there is this uh, kid and his grandma, and the kid got sick, and the grandma kept on taking care of this kid. Now, say this this grandma was, was the only one that was showing him a particular kind of care. Uh, you know, brought him chicken noodle soup, tr tried her best to actually show love. Now... In, in the Scientology system, because of um, the kind of philosophy devices they have set up, um, this kid is now basically being programmed to be sick because it's the only time that he's receiving love. So in a sense, that gives them grounds for basically blaming the grandma for his ailments. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, and that's definitely sad. Um, oh, go ahead. In, in which I, you might like this uh, for something to kind of feed off of. It goes back to your point of the whole sessions. What are they like? Another fascinating point is that they, uh, on, on one hand, in their system, they're arguing that when you're unconscious, you're in a place where you can bring back your, your reactive mind can log in bad information that then acts on you poorly. Well, part of their system of Dianetics is in that therapy session is to get you into an almost trance-like state where you're literally on the verge. If not, even there's a quote of him, I think it's in our book where, uh, where I have a citation where he, he mentions that he actually admits that at times people do fall into a kind of a trance or a, a unconscious way, uh, state. And I think this ties into this, the, the, his, the demonology aspect of their system uh, of, of its controlling and its uh, opening doors for uh, potential uh, being influenced by powers and principalities that are not just mere, merely your therapist sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard of, yeah. I, they're, so they're kind of into uh, do, do they have like a perspective on like kind of like aliens and superpower stuff or something like that? Or yep. is that something else? Okay. <laughs> no, that's right. Jake's got that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If, if I remember correctly. So one of the reasons why we have uh, thetons or other beings that kind of inhabit our body that we're trying to get rid of is because <laughs> there is this kind of intergalactic war going on. And so uh, I think it was the conquering power or, oh, you know what? Maybe this was the one about the overpopulation. I think that's what it was. Because yeah. that was another thing that was like really starting back then is, is the overpopulation of the earth. Um, and so that was kind of the story that he was using to jump off of in an, in an intergalactic sort of way. 
So he that ruler took a bunch of those people, froze them, and transported them to a volcano on Earth and just threw them in there. Just dumped all those people into the volcano. And then here are these wandering thetons that basically just attach themselves to any live person. So we all have like thousands of these things attached to our bodies we have to get rid of. And the only way to do it, here's a quote, I think, uh, in Dianetics, it's uh, the only thing which could ever begin to shake these engrams, which is where this bad, this, this is that weird stuff that's in our bodies. Uh, the, the only way to begin to even shake these engrams was the technique which developed into Dianetics, Dianetic therapy. So he's basically saying that the promise of your salvation is our therapy. There's no other way. That, that's the whole heartbeat of this therapy is that it's saying, if you really want genuine liberty, you have to use our system. Mm. Yeah, it sounds so, like... Oh. No, no, go, Sam. No, um, I feel like... So there's so many like strains of thought coming into this. We've talked about the Eastern element. I feel like there's obviously like a modern like psychological thing in the sense that like all of our problems are primarily subjective rather than them being like, the result of our objective estrangement from God. But then what, what's jumping out at me of that with the Thetans and stuff is um, the Gnostic element. Like you see from every, everything from like, you know, Manichaeism to Kabbalah, you see this idea of like, there's like sparks or whatever, like inhabiting our bodies. And like, we need to rid ourselves of this energy. You know, so that, that's, that's very interesting. That's right. It's a good tie there. I think so. That's definitely, he's just, he's, his, a lot of his thought really isn't new or anything. I think he's right when he says that he systematized it in a way that no one else has. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's a good claim. Uh, and, and like Jake mentioned with these, this extra, the, what were they called? These guys that just show up on the planet. Um, I, th uh, I think they're the spirit form of them is called Thetons. I think they were Thetons as well. So yeah, like, uh, which makes sense because for him, any that which is oh, that's just they, yeah, that's just a word for spirits. Never mind. Okay, I was gonna say the um, for them that spirit, like they like you just mentioned with the Eastern ideas, that's that that Tim is fundamental to their whole system. Their their idea of God, or he actually again to go to the point of using other philosophies and religions. I mean, he's doing all over the place. He uses the unmoved mover, uh, and he appeals to the to the early Greek use of it with Aristotle and others and. Um, and he uses that as their base for having an objective way of talking about divinity is he says that it's, it's because it's, it's necessary. It's just logical. Therefore in our system, we have to have it. And so we have this divinity and we're, we're going to call that infinity. So they call, so for those who get onto Scientology.org, uh, you'll notice that they're, when they talk about this eighth dynamic, it's called infinity. That's just another term for this idea of Phaeton and that we're all Phaetons and, uh, and, a part of theta, we are thetons. I think that's the distinction he makes that everybody is theta, theta, but not, in the, but as we're embodied in this body, we are thetons. That's right. So definitely he's borrowing from Aristotle. He borrows from the, he borrows the, the clean slate, uh, the tabula uh, rosa, uh, and he, he uses that saying, you know, we're born with purity again, because this goes back to that mystic that or that Greek idea of this pure spirits. So of course we're a clean slate in that these aberrations that come upon us 
are done throughout our lives by poor experiences. But then he, it, it falls in on itself. Like Jake mentioned, you know, you have these things, our, our genetics actually are damaged. Somehow we've been carrying up these, these real spiritual metaphysical properties that are weighing us down. On what sense are we a clean and pure slate? I don't, so there are many inconsistencies within it, of course, but um, it, it's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, as the more we talk about it, the more I'm just kind of like saddened by the fact that I think there's millions of people, isn't that their number that have been involved in or practicing? I think, I think it's a pretty high number still. I'm not sure how big their organization is, but it's a lot of people. Yeah. How, how did it become so, how did it become something where like, say, for example, like we mentioned like Tom Cruise and, and uh, that, who was that other woman that was like in the documentary? She's like on like everyone loves Raymond or no, maybe it was. Oh, you, uh, no, no. Uh, an offshoot of everybody loves Raymond. King of Queens. Yes. Yeah. King of Queens, the wife of the, the husband oh, guy. Yeah. Um, what was her name? Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I was just going to say. Leah Romini. Yeah. Um, what's, how, how did Hubert or Hubbard, sorry or his offspring, like get into like Hollywood and affect all, all these more richer, wealthier people with this stuff? Well, he's, my my opinion first off is that he's, he's ex extraordinarily charismatic. So he's interesting to watch. He recorded a lot of his stuff. Um, but I think part of it is just that his practice was out of that area. Mm. There's also a lot of like um, cultic practices that I think were starting in Hollywood around that time. Um, so he he was somewhat connected with Aleister Crowley, um, not directly, but some of the, his his disciples were in contact with Elron Hubbard. Um, so I think there was some Hollywood connection there. Which, um, go ahead. Yeah, and so uh, but he also knew some other actors, but I think a big part of it was just his level of charisma. Yeah, I think. Jake mentioned a really good point. His charisma, just watch some of the videos I do, some on YouTube still, just watching him talk. He kind of reminds you just he's uh, he's gifted in that way, but what he is saying is is foul and sad. But it's um, garbage. Yep. Um, so another thing is when he was that science fiction writer, I think he overall he began to be known somewhat as an intellectual because he wrote more words, I think, than anyone. They, in the modern history. I think he's one of those, or at least at the top. Um, I almost think he is at the top uh, in terms of word count. Uh, and so he, he had little things going for him. And then in terms of just per, per, just kind of a, a prowess, but I think all overall, uh, he also found himself, like you said, Jake, in that location and his interesting relationship with Crowley and some of those, uh, and from there, you, 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 I think, is where we see the ties to some of the uh, uh, more wealthy and uh, movie star types. Uh, but there was a, there is, I don't know if it's in our actual our book or anything, but there is a, there is a, a reason behind the involvement of movie stars, and and I can't remember what that was. Um, yeah. But that, that's a huge part of it. 
Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I was just looking at the Scientology website and uh, I didn't realize I had Sunday, uh, like, it, I think that's what it said. They have church uh, services, uh, public worship yeah. services that are open, open to members and non-members of the church. And Nate, did you know we have a, uh, a church of Scientology in Buffalo? Yeah, I actually have yeah. a weird story. I walked by there one time years ago maybe like seven years ago and um it's this real nice building in downtown buffalo new york and they just i don't know how they got it but they had it and you'd walk by and people would be standing outside and they'd be like oh like come in let us tell you about what we believe and what we're about and, and i always had this super strange vibe from them like you ever just get that it kind of that subjective intuitive just kind of like something's up with this um Mm-hmm. and that's exactly yeah. what it felt like when i met these people they seem very like robotic and kind of like like, str- like strangely just they just acted a little off um yeah yep. i think that goes back to them being put through that therapy and yeah. br- almost a brainwash type of of evangelism where mm-hmm. they're not even re- re- really that keyed in on their own presence and where the way reality really is um and uh, that goes back to again. I think it personally ties into a lot of that demonic activity that Hubbard was initially introduced to, with and early on and before he even wrote Dianetics. I think or around that time. I mean, there's a whole chapter in the book called uh, I think it's entitled Demons or something about a, a, the demon or something, and he spends a lot of ink on just trying to say that demons do not exist it's just you know he's kind of buying and he's again he's using that nice rhetoric that you'd find uh that would be palpable for uh modern psychologists who he 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 actually mimics some of their language of that you know demons are not real it's just if we only knew dianetics in this form of therapy we would not have to appeal to demons to explain uh sinful conditions or even use the word sin so he's even i mean uh basically just arguing that you know all hurt and pain is just through experiences and uh and there's no no demons and yet he does in his system have divinity he has clearly we're spiritual beings yet he denies angelic beings um without a basis that's what was interesting i don't think there's a single proposition in that chapter someone could double check me on that but i don't think there's a single actual concrete explanation he gives on why he denies them he just outright denies them and yet uh everything about his system would follow that pattern of the serpent from eden uh in terms of his way of thinking his way about manipulating his way about uh distorting truth and and etc it just it literally is a system that i think we talked about in our podcast that if there's a way for a system to really let Satan have ground, it's by continually saying he doesn't exist and he's not a part of our system. Um, I mean, so it's, 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 yeah, interesting. Did you have something to add, Heath, about the connection between Wicca and uh, Scientology or that kind of paganism? It yeah, like you're about to say something. Yeah, well, I, I was. I just don't know how much time we have. 
I'm just, okay. I, I don't want to be uh, running my mouth. I'm I'm good as long as these guys want to stay. So, um, okay. but if, yeah, you know, it's up to you guys. Yeah, so I got I got um, a bit longer. Okay, uh, Jake, did you did you have a thought before I go running off on that? You you go ahead, man. Yeah. So the um, with uh, early witchcraft, all the all the fun, the fundamental essence of Scientology about controlling your own end and wielding your spirit to because ultimately in practice it's about living your fullness fullness of life having all the blessings of life and really it has that guise of, of perfecting your own world into the max of what it means to be a human so to have a good family to have a lot of to have the right income to be free of disease uh all that stuff things similar to what you'd see in a prosperity gospel of course but um they have that but a lot of it is about wielding that energy from within you and and using trance-like states all these little elements are the very same elements you find in early witchcraft and even up today into uh, the way that the Wiccan practices are, which we observed in another one of our um, our research that we did or in a research uh, series that we did on modern witchcraft. But which is interesting is it, 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 it appeals to a source of power that is not Christ. And this source of power uh, reveals to their to the, the people of the group, i.e., Scientology with Hubbard was was led to believe that the energy is uh, giving that is in us is giving us is the basis or giving us the fullness of life. That's the same thing that's in, in witchcraft, where they try to draw energy from the earth through their rituals, through their practices. And to use that energy in a way that would uh, uh, create uh, a powerful existence to 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 manifest their own presence in the world, and uh, really it deifies the self. And it, 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 if the end and the beginning, or the beginning and the end, is all about self, and it, it's, it's just, sad. It's, so yeah, it's weird. It's weird that like the degree of separation between. L. Ron Hubbard, obviously in his connection to the religion of Thelma and Wicca, there's only a few degrees of separation between them. Say, say it again. That's so, a good point. Th Th Thelma is, is the, the religion of uh, Aleister Crowley. Um, I think L. Ron Hubbard may have met Aleister Crowley, but he definitely had some connection to that religion um, or somebody that was was staying with him. Uh, did mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Aleister Crowley had direct connection to the start the the founder of Wicca like they didn't they, they at least knew each other well and I think there was a point where Aleister Crowley asked if what was his name Green for his first name which the the, the founder of Wicca oh I, I oh, what was his name but anyway um, that L. Ron Hubbard asked if, uh, not L. Ron Hubbard, uh, Alistair Crowley asked if the guy that started Wicca, I think, wanted to take over his religion um, or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, that's a fascinating figure. Uh, but uh, that's, we we did do a podcast on that with uh, on 
modern Wicca or, or paganism, modern paganism for the family, I think is what it was titled, but we do talk about that individual. Uh, green something or something like that, I can't remember his last name, but uh, yeah, anyone that's doing any comparative religion study is going to note uh, the, the, the essence of witchcraft even uh, I mean on, on levels that are ridiculous are what Hubbard's doing within therapy and he's bringing into the like you oh, noted G Gerald, Gardner. Gerald Gardner Gerald Gardner yeah so what like um, uh, Sam I think you may have noted uh, it's it's gotten into the universe or maybe it was Nate I don't know which one of you but it got into the university setting it's basically for, for, in my mind and in, in the way I'm seeing it is that Hubbard's way of his Dianetic therapy has brought in demonology into basically the university system and teaching it and ways of which open up people to uh, uh, the not using their minds but allowing people or again if, if we're starting with a, a in angelology that admits to fallen angels who actually do uh, deceive, deceive and, and, and um, uh, work uh, to, to destroy image bearers. And we have a system here in Hubbard being used in coursework and practice that actually does just that. And I think, like you mentioned, going up to the foot of that door and, and having that personal encounter with these individuals that you notice is just this kind of lifelessness about it. And um, so I think, again, the practice plays out because of their theology and their theology relates definitely deep into witchcraft and looking for spiritual uh, uh, answers apart from God's word. Yes, good. Um, I don't know why, but some talking about the Scientology stuff makes me think of that movie, The Island. You remember the, the, the movie called The Island? It was like that science fiction yeah. thriller with Michael yeah, Bay. Bones or something? or uh, Yeah. They like get sent to this paradise island and told like everything is going to be great and they're going to be like... I forget. Do you know the plot maybe a little better than me, Sam? No. I, it's, I, I saw it right around when it came out, which is like early 2000s, I yeah, think. So. Yeah, 2005. Mm. But um, yeah. it just had that very kind of like I think what's so deceptive about it is it has like that very kind of more modern scientific feel to it. Like it seems more like just like normal kind of like psychology and medicine and just kind of like this, you know what I mean? It has like, it's kind of like, yeah. like you think of abortion clinics, like they look clean and professional, but they're committing murder. And it's like Scientology, like looks clean and professional and like, really helpful but it's like demon or demonology you know what i mean it's just like interesting how you i think the culture has taught us to think that like demon or why do i keep butchering that the demonology um like is always like this like real dark and like gothic you know the guys with the super baggy pants with the chains all over right them. and like they always portray right. as like this weird strange kind of like vampires and you know what right I mean? you, you you just hit on uh, amazing, a great point that Gerald Gardner, you're just bringing back memories now from, our, from study, but that was one of his main arguments when he was bringing witchcraft into the modern era. That was his goal was to bring witchcraft up and, or one of his goals, I don't know, only, but probably his fundamental one was he was writing in a way that would 
show that witchcraft isn't this this crazy weird stuff that you see portrayed in movies it's not or or this this you know kind of this uh, uh tacit understanding of it where you just have horns and people eating chickens and like he, he was basically saying like no no which witchcraft is actually a good thing and it's it's fit for society and it's actually about again wielding your your fullness of your potential and um and uh, and so these these spirits that they're actually communing with give them knowledge and insight and power to wield their existence and that's the same thing hubbard systems is doing is is it's coming at this saying no this is actually maybe even worse is that it's it's saying no we don't even talk about um, um, getting insight from spirits but we are spirits and, and the spirit is urging us to survive and then he starts anyway that's another big part of his system is this, this urge to survive but the, the divine in us but by qualifying us that there's a divine in us that's already demonic i mean you're you're already uh I mean, at, at the core of that, you're looking at some of the most demonic teachings that ever come into redemptive or into history, which served for redemptive history, is that live Eden that you'll be like God in a way that God did not create you to be. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's it's it is it comes dressed up like just another. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this: I think all uh, social psychology because of its poor presuppositions, it, it can be all be placed just alongside Dianetic therapy in terms of its fundamental, just creating a guise for humanity to get by and to, and to deny the truth that, that we have walked away from our, the living God and that the way back is through, through the cross. These are just systems that are just functional ways to people to make sense of the world and to not have to actually be reconciled and enter into that that blessing of that Christ can only provide that just dynamic therapy just has uh, that's just what we've studied and we found those roots now I'm, I'm thinking if we did take the time to really get behind some of these other major um, psychology thinkers I bet we'd find probably some more demonic ties I'm, I'm assuming that's just again an assumption yeah yeah, I was thinking, um, yeah, it's yeah, super strange how it masks itself up like that. Um, and, and, and the sad reality, too, like you mentioned, like it actually isn't really helping people. Like it, it's just, you know, they're just counterfeit ways to deal with the subjective sense of, of guilt and the subjective sense of our, our guilt before a holy, just God. And when we don't want to go to him, we, we feel like we got to go somewhere to find relief. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause our conscience, I think uh, is all pricked and we all know, uh, the odds and dot, you know, the things to do and what not to do. And we all know that intuitively that's the way God's wired us and created us. And, and we start experiencing tra trauma or guilt or experiences that leave you feeling in a sense, uh, overwhelmed you you go somewhere to find relief and these people offer that but in reality it's not genuine help um it's just a like you mentioned heath like a a more uh a pushing down a more of a suppression of truth um and it's just it's a sad reality you know and it's just sad that and and i'm sure people are good intention but uh you know uh when people right. tried to 
keep the ark from falling. They had good intentions, but God struck them dead. So, uh, you know. Great example. Yes. It's not my own person. It's Nick, the other host, uh, always uses Old Testament examples. So I stole it from him, but it's a good one uh, to show that yeah. even when we have good intentions, doesn't mean that's the way God wants us to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I could go on talking too long on this stuff, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, yeah, it's been great being able to meet with you guys and, and chat over um, worldviews and and the importance of knowing a worldview, particularly in this case Scientology. Yeah. I think the hope is is that if anyone is listening, I, I hope that if they know family or some people close that have gotten into this. Um, that this would be, I don't know, maybe spur them on to uh, continue to be in prayer at, in the very least for those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. Um, did you guys have any, like, so if our listeners are interested in more of this topic, like, you know, if you get me a link or something, I can try to, you know, put it on the description for the listeners if they want to pick up your guys' work. Yep, I sent it over to the uh, Facebook chat. Oh, oh, that's what it is. Okay. I saw it pop up, but I didn't even look at it. Okay, great. Yeah. And I'll, I'll definitely link that in the description for you guys that are listening. And then I'd also, you know, listeners tell others about this, especially if you guys know people and, and you want to be a blessing to them, you know, share this podcast with them or, or talk to, uh, you know, give the, the book information to them. And then on top of your guys' own work, I don't know if you had anything else that you would want to recommend or encourage the listeners to understand or know about or any recommendations from your own study or stuff they may want to look into if they're curious more on this topic yeah the book of mormon uh i'm kidding uh uh, that was that was my second second one on my list so somehow we somehow we had that yeah um good so I just I just got a what's that Lutheran satire cartoon stuck in my head. Uh, they had a more anyway. Um, sorry, sorry. No, I know. I, 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 I need to so. wake up. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't. I don't have any more research on the top of my head other than our book. I, but uh, do, do you do you think it'll? I, I'm I'm always actual? an original sources type. Like I think if someone really wants to Hubbard's book is actually although it is Dianetics is long and boring it's also it's, yeah <laughs> but you might do is if you did well one way to make it easy is if you did get our little book it's like 60 pages on a smaller you know I don't know how big it is I but um 30 pages on a word doc but you can go through and find those citations and then just go into his Dianetics and then read it in its context um I think it's interesting that I think if someone can get into Hubbard's writings um and then be able to share that with whomever. I think that that really hits and strikes the heart because it's not really uh, beating around the bush or whatever phrasing one might use. It's not. It's just getting straight to the point. I think that oftentimes with worldviews or with with world religions, with false gospels, um, just getting at the core of what they're saying and to be able to share that with those who are into it. Then they have to really be confronted with what they say they believe. They're really being confronted with what they believe and realizing, wow, this is not a gospel of hope. This is not 
truth. Um, so I think that that's why I do pair that with uh, Dianetics uh, and with uh, maybe even shooting around on their website. Their website, like Jake mentioned earlier, they're one of the few religions that actually do write a lot uh, in terms of cultic groups uh, other than Mormonism. <laughs> It's a couple of those major ones that actually have a lot, but uh, many, many groups out there that have nothing really, and yet they're groups. But yeah, their website's great, Dianetics, and our little book would probably get someone more information than they need. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. I, I'm going to have to look more into this, you know, because it's always kind of been just a, a, a experience of mine running into these types of people and these types of ideas um you know being in you know in the past you know when i was before i was a christian i struggled a lot with drugs and alcohol so i was in a few of the inpatient rehabs and outpatient rehabs and a lot of that kind of psychology and things they use is very similar to a lot of the kind of things you guys are bringing up um I know the one of the big things was the law of attraction was a big thing. And then tarot cards and um, uh, yeah, all kinds of different, all kinds of different ways that are supposed to help you um, find some relief from your subjective experiences of guilt and um, addiction and idolatry. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Well said. Yep. But I will give, you know, shout out to Law of Attraction. Um, I, I did use it twice and shot two half court shots at the basketball place. And I said, the ball is going to go in the net. It's just going to go in. I already see it. It's in there. Threw it up there, went in. I was like, oh, my gosh, this stuff works. And then I did it. I think it, I don't remember if I made it the second time or I made some, oh, I didn't believe enough. And then I think it was like the third one I made again. I was like, oh, I believed enough again. But, uh, right. you know, just shout out to Law of Attraction for uh, helping me uh, feel like I was cool or something back in the day. But uh, <laughs> but it, it genuinely doesn't work, obviously. But I just thought it was a funny thing after getting, watching the, the Me, secret documentary, you know. You're, you're right, though. I think it does play into someone's confidence a little bit, too, where people get more confident when they just assert themselves to do something. Of course, you're going to have a little more of a strength and composure when you do something but yeah that's funny stuff i um and you're right that has a lot to do with scientology as well it's just that law of, law of attraction um and and witchcraft yeah same thing yeah yeah so yeah it's just weird stuff man like it's amazing the kind of things these people push like just be like believe that you're gonna have a new bicycle tomorrow and you're gonna have a new bicycle tomorrow you just have to believe it you'll have it and you're just like it's just so weird but it's like they're dead serious talking about it um so super weird super that's how that's how jake jake started our podcast jake said i i i, I want a podcast i'm going to speak it in and that's what started ours mm. i mean i yeah I, I said it and then the next day we were making podcasts so <laughs> like we had all the gear and everything it was weird, it was yep. weird. oh man dude Christianity is false. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But yeah, no. This has been fun, guys. Sam, did you have any concluding uh, questions, thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to thank you guys. This was a really cool discussion. I appreciate your time. Cool. Yeah, sorry for being late. No, 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 no good. 
I really yeah, thanks I, for having us. Yeah, for sure. And I knew Jake would show up. I wasn't even worried about it. You know, intuitively, I just was like, he'll be here. Uh, Did you but, speak into existence? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just kept saying, he's here. He is here. Actually, that might have been what it was when you sent that chat. Oh, yeah. It, was, it spoke Jake yep. out of his, 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 his slumber limbo or whatever. Well, that's right, because I said, hey, Jake, when you wake up, implying that you're going to wake up. Uh, just go okay. ahead and hop in <laughs> that's awesome oh yeah but no this has been fun guys and we'll definitely love to have you guys back on and talk about some other topic you guys like to talk about or whatever um we're all trying to support each other and in, in our own ways and uh, we want to help you guys out as well so sweet yeah we'll definitely i'll make a cool thumbnail with you guys maybe we'll get like some cool scientology stuff in your background and well, well, I'll get you up and probably a little bit. Uh, once I got a bunch on the back burner, but we'll get yours out there when I can. But I'll tag Sweet. you guys in it. And um, yeah, man, this has been um, a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. God bless you guys. I got you.